refreshing is flowing. Amen. We're glad you're here. If you're watching with us, please come and say welcome to you, our extended family. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for tonight. Lord, you picked out this moment for us to meet with you and to experience your goodness and your grace. And Lord, to dwell in your glory. We're so excited, Lord Jesus, to hear your word, to receive your touch. Lord, we just lift our voice to you and give you thanks. We welcome your presence here in Jesus' name.
of life to dead bones, dead bodies, dead souls. You raise us up. Oh Lord, tonight we honor you, we bless you, we praise you. We are committed to you.
Your dear wife has been a great blessing to us, especially her heart for the ladies. We have been following her online uh, whenever she's been holding meetings with the ladies at BCF. My wife, Mispa, has uh, benefited a lot from her teachings and earnestly waits for her coming to Africa. This is God's time for mom to equip women and give uh, hope to many. I also wish to state that since you ministered in our church, Redeemed Gospel Church in Lesos, things have never been the same. Your ministry to pastors and church leaders greatly impacted our lives and ministry. God reward you abundantly, even for the inspiring books. So I think I gave him some of our books. I also want to appreciate you for standing with our son, uh, Reinhard, when he was joining the university. You helped us acquire a laptop for him, which was key, a key requirement. Recently, you sent the help of $250. You may not know how much love you showed us through your gifts. You have continually encouraged us whenever you communicate with us. It's amazing that you served God wholeheartedly, sacrificially, and with great humility and perseverance for 18 years at BCF. We give God all the glory for your labor, for your labor attracts a great reward. Amen? Amen. That was uh, pretty good. I was very blessed uh, when I read that. Uh, but right here from Palmyra, you're touching the world. And uh, during worship, I was thinking about what has the power to break through barriers? And you know what it is? It's a seed. You ever see a seed break through concrete? You ever see a seed come up through asphalt? It's a plant, but what did that plant start off of? A seed. If you want to make a difference in your life, put your seed in some ground. And it will burst forth. Amen? And uh, I know that BCF is good ground. So um, whenever you have an opportunity to give, we appreciate your giving. Amen? Your giving makes a difference. It goes into God's kingdom and God will multiply back to you. So, Father, I just thank you for blessing every gift and giver according to your word. Cause them to be protected, to prosper, and to pro- and provide for them in Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, men, uh, we're having our Barnabas group, Breakfast of Encouragement, this Saturday, 8.30 a.m. It's available for every guy who's 12 and older. And uh, we feed you, and we feed you. <laughs> Two types of food. So uh, if you can, come out and join us. It's a great time. And uh, also, coming up at the end of October, I am super excited about our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. This is going to be our fifth one. And uh, it, our theme is Blessed, Favored, and Increased. So, man, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be favored, if you want to increase, you need to come. It's free. Everybody say it's free. It's free. And uh, you're going to benefit greatly from it. So not only do I want you to come, but I want you to tell others about it. Take some information. Pass it around your workplace. Pass it around your neighborhood. Pass it out in Walmart. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? And uh, um, it's going to be a great time. We've got some... Great speakers that are in-house, Pastor Tony and Pastor Nelson and me. So uh, it'll be a great time. All right. Are you guys ready for the word tonight? Are you really ready? Are you ready to hook up? Are you ready to go up? Amen? And you're going to go up in power. Right? 
I want you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. And uh, we are going to begin a new series tonight. And uh, I'm calling this, Go Take Your Land. Did you know that God's got some land for you? It it could be physical land, but it's also spiritual land. It's both types. But there's some land that God has already given to you. You already have the legal right to have it. All you've got to do is go and take it. Amen? So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, he says here, All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe. Are you ready to observe? What does it mean to observe? It means to look and to do. Observe to do. Notice what it says, that you may live, multiply, go in, and possess the land. Which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Can God lie? If he swore it, he means it. If he swore it, you can rest assured that what he said is so. Now, he just doesn't want you to go in and get land. But he wants you to live. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to go in and possess. Are you a possessor? Are you a go-inner? You know, we got go-getters, but we need some go-inners. Amen? We need some people who aren't just looking on the outside, but they're actually getting in on the inside. Amen? I know people like that are here at BCF. We got some go-inners. So, he wants you to live, and he wants you to multiply. We need to get excited about some of these words that God uses. God wants you to multiply. Multiply your finances. Multiply your family. Multiply your knowledge. Multiply your good works. Multiply, multiply, multiply. And he wants you to go in and possess. Someone who doesn't have a covenant with God may have your stuff. What did David call Goliath? An uncircumcised means he had no covenant. And if you have no covenant and you're going up against someone who has a covenant, you've already lost. Hallelujah. Verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness. How many know you've got to recall what God has done for you? 
to humble you and to prove you or test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So God wants you to humble you. The Bible says in Proverbs, with humility comes honor, riches, and wealth. God wants to test you. Say, there will be a test. You will be tested as to whether or not you believe what you say you believe. God doesn't tempt, but he does test. Now, God's tests are cool because they're always open book. <laughs> see, because not see, God already knows what's in your heart, but he wants you to know what's in your heart. How do you know what's in your heart? When you do what's in your heart. Amen? When you put what's in your heart on the line and you say, I'm all in. God wants to know what's in your heart, but he wants us to know what's in our heart. The only way that we know what's in our heart is when we have what's in our heart come out. Whether you will keep his commandments or not. So, he he sent, you know, when, when Israel was hungry, he sent them bread from heaven. It was called manna. And manna actually means, what is it? They didn't know what it was. That's exactly what it means. And how often did they have to gather it? What happens if they took more than what they needed? It rotted. And when it was the Sabbath, they had double. Right? See, but God used manna to teach them to trust God. How many know you got to trust God every day? Okay? Let's go down to verse 6. Verse 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. You've got to keep his commands, walk in his ways. And what does it mean to fear him? To be afraid of him? No, to honor, reverence, and uh, respect him. This is what we need to do. And uh, this is how he helps us to remember. Alright, verse 7. For the Lord your God brings you into what type of land? Good land. Say, my God is good. The Bible says in James, all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father. So the Father doesn't give anything that's bad. The Father doesn't give anything that will harm you. The Father doesn't give anything that's negative. He gives everything that's good. Okay? So, for the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water. Aren't you glad there's more than one brook, more than one avenue, and fountains and depths spring out of the valleys and hills. Your, your land is so good, it's watered by God. It's got an abundance 
of water. God is constantly watering it because he makes it grow. He makes it multiply. He causes it to increase. Okay? So there's multiple avenues. Say, I have multiple avenues that God has given to me to cause me to increase. Because he told you he wants you to live, multiply, go in and possess, right? Is multiply, is increase part of multiply? Absolutely. Okay? So, then he says, verse 8, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. You've been eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> verse 9, a land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. Everybody say, without scarceness. Without when Jesus fed the thousands with the fish and loaves. Did he limit what anybody could have? He didn't portion it out. He didn't measure it out. Right? He didn't say, take a little. He, he multiplied this fish and bread and he said, give it to the disciples. And the disciples were like... They were dishing it out. And the, the Bible says that the people ate and were what? Full. They couldn't eat no more. There was no more room in the inn. Right? And after everyone had eaten to the full, what was left over? Twelve baskets. Or depending on what story you read, Right? Not, okay. Mm. He took the boy's seed. He multiplied it immediately. He distributed it to the people, and there were leftovers. Nothing went to waste. Amen? Now, feeding the people is awesome, but having leftovers after you fed the people is super awesome. That's our God. Say, God, God is super awesome. He wants me to have more than enough. Say, He wants me to have more than enough. One more time. He wants me to have more than enough. This is God. This has to do with the land that He's bringing us into. That he, he's already, he has already given it to us. It's going to get really good in here. Verse 9. A land where you shall eat bread without scarceness, you shall not lack anything in it. Everybody say anything. anything. Does that mean clothes? Yes. Does that mean vehicles? Yes. Does that mean houses? Yes. Does that mean retirement account? Yes. Does that mean college fund? Yes. Does that mean vacation? Yes. Anything. You shall not lack anything. We don't serve a God of lack. Yeah, Pastor, but but I'm lacking. Well, you can come up tonight. Amen? Amen. If you're lacking, you're not possessing something. Mm -hmm. We don't 
lack because God didn't supply it. We lack because we didn't receive it. It's not the supply line that's the problem. It's the receiving line. Is there a shortage of healing in God's kingdom? Is there a shortage of salvation? Was salvation given to the world? Is everybody saved? Why? Because they didn't receive it yet. Or some even rejected it. It's not the giver or the gift, it's the receiver. So, when we're missing something, we just need to adjust our receiver. Maybe you're not on the right channel. You know, maybe you're not tuned in. Um, it's kind of like if you're driving a car, everything's good while you're awake, but if you fall asleep at the wheel, you're in trouble. That car will go somewhere that you didn't want it to go, and you'll be like, I don't know how I don't know how it happened. Yeah, because you were asleep at the wheel. If you would have been awake at the wheel, you could have made those little adjustments that were necessary to keep you on the road. And the same thing is true with God. Sometimes we fall asleep at the wheel. And we crash. And it's not because of the car, it's not because of the train, it's because of the driver. Right? Alright. This is a land where we lack nothing. Oh my goodness. That's good. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you may dig brass. God wants you to benefit from the resources that are available. Where are those resources available? In heaven or on earth? Here on earth. Right? There's brass in their hills. Go dig it out. There's gold over there. Dig it out. Okay? Then he says, verse 10, When you have eaten and are full, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Listen, you've got to be careful when you've eaten and are full so that you don't forget to bless the Lord. What is to bless the Lord? To do something good for God. What can you do that's good for God? You can give to God. You can praise God. You can thank God. Amen? That's what it means to bless God. See, when we're in a state of fullness and things are going good, sometimes we forget. But he said, beware that you don't forget. Listen to this. Forgetfulness is a lapse in memory. Forgetfulness is a choice. Notice, beware that you, what? Forget not. It didn't say that, it just says, if you can beware to forget not, then it's a choice. Okay? Forgetfulness is a bad choice. Forgetfulness flourishes in disobedience. Forgetfulness leaves things undone. 
Forgetfulness thrives in rebellion. We'll see that in just a minute. Forgetfulness is unsubmitted to God's authority. You go against His commands. A forgetful person is someone who's not submitted to God. Forgetfulness progresses with lawlessness. It numbs or sears your conscience and it muffles the voice of God. He's warning us to not be forgetful. Forgetfulness is something that could happen to us. I'm going to look at the other side of the coin too, so breathe a sigh of relief. Okay? Forgetfulness hardens your heart and causes you to stray from God. Forgetfulness is pride. Forgetfulness fails to recognize or recount God's works. Forgetfulness leads to idolatry. Forgetting God forfeits your benefits. Okay? He warned us not to forget. Okay? But, what can we do to void out forgetfulness? We can remember. Okay? Look at verse... 18, for just a minute. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Okay? So, let me say something about forgetfulness, and then we'll talk about remembering. Okay? Look at verse 11. He just warned us in verse 10 not to forget. Right? Don't forget the Lord your God in not keeping His commandments, His judgments, His statutes, which I command you this day. Forgetting is not keeping. Okay? What aren't you keeping? You aren't keeping His word. Alright? Do you trust someone who always doesn't, who, who never keeps their word? Will you give them responsibilities? No. You fooled me once, shame on you. Fooled me twice, shame on me. Okay? Then he said, verse 12, Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein, then your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied, then your heart is lifted up. That's the pride. It's all about forgetfulness. Okay? And you forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt with the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible murder. You forgot what he did. You forgot what he's going to do. You forgot who he is. Okay? Now, let me wash your ears out. If we don't want to be a forgetful hearer, James says, don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word. In, in order to not forget, we have to remember. Say remember. Remember, remember is a command. Verse 18 he said, you shall remember the Lord your God. Yes. He didn't say if you feel, if you feel like it. Right. It is a command to remember. Well, I can't remember. You have the mind of Christ. Stop saying you can't remember. Uh-huh. Oh, caught some of you right there. 
Remember recalls information. Information that's not retrievable is not usable. How many's ever forgot where they put their keys? Yeah? It hinders you from getting to where you need to go, especially if you're in a hurry. Amen? Now, none of you have ever done what I've done. Running around the house like a crazy man looking for his keys. And, you know, and time's ticking away. You're already late. Remember, relents from intended harm. Oftentimes, people pray to God, remember your covenant, and that, that, get, that show you mercy. Remembering recollects good things. How many have good memories? Amen? Remember makes you aware of what you've seen, known, or experienced. Remembering helps you do what you know and need to do. Remembering helps you recognize where you were and it helps appreciate where you are. How many remember, ooh, I was there, but now I'm here. I was in the clay, but now I'm on the rock. Remembering brings honor. Did you know that God remembers his covenant? God remembers what he said. God remembers what he promised. Remembering stirs emotions. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. But remembering stirs emotions, doesn't it? There'll be times, I don't know if you're like me, but maybe you hear a song, and that song was attached to a moment in life, and that song brings you right back into that moment. Right? Remembering stirs emotions. Remembering is a prayer. Remember what Samson prayed? When his eyes were plucked out, he said, Lord, remember me. Give me one more chance. He, it's a prayer that he prayed to have a second chance. And God gave him strength one more time. And in that moment, he killed more Philistines than he did when he was alive. Did you know that Samson was the greatest comedian? He brought the house down. <laughs> And remembering leads to forgiveness. It's often a call upon God's mercy. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, let's talk a little bit about this land. God had been talking to his people about land since Abraham. And I actually... Studied it out. God told Abraham, I give you from the river Nile to the river Euphrates. Okay? I don't know exactly how many countries, but you've got Egypt. You've got Somalia. You've got Oman. You've got Yemen. You've got Saudi Arabia. You've got Jordan. You've got Syria. You've got United Arab Emirates. You've got Qatar. You've got uh, Kuwait. You've got Iraq. You've got, uh, I think I might have missed a few. Do you realize all those countries today combined have a gross domestic product of almost $2.9 trillion? 
That is land that belongs to Israel. Imagine if Israel was in, Israel's part of that. But imagine if Israel had their full land, if they had control of $2.9 trillion. That's how much all those countries' gross domestic product are. And God said, I'm giving, He didn't say, I'm giving you certain countries. He said, from river to river. And if you look on a map, look at all the countries in between the Nile and the Euphrates. That's God's land that He gave. Guess what? To our great, 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 great grandfather. We're part of that line. If you're a person of faith, then you're a child of Abraham. If you're a person of faith, then you're part of the seed. <clears throat> Go to Genesis 26. I'm going to look at two scriptures. Genesis 26 and Genesis 50. And in Genesis 26, it says something interesting about our land. Say, my land. God promised land to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, to Daniel, to Ruth, to Esther. Did you know (laughs) Esther's uncle Mordecai? Did you know that he ended up giving all of Haman's land and all of Haman's stuff? The man who tried to kill him, he ended up giving his land and all of his possessions. You talk about a transfer. He refused to bow. He And Haman wanted to kill all the Jews, but Mordecai opposed him in righteousness. He stood his ground. He honored God, and God honored him because Esther gave Mordecai Haman's stuff. All of it. His house, his orchards, his vineyards, the olive trees, the figs, the fig trees, the ground, the potatoes, the green beans, the tomatoes, the cows, the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the goats, everything was given. Everybody said was given. Are you a receiver? God's not going to give us this. He already has given us this. Okay. Genesis 26, verses 3 to 5. Mm, mm, mm. See, it's about to get good in here. The Lord appeared unto him, this is Isaac, and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land that I shall tell you of. Sojourn in the land that I, and I will be with you. I will bless you for unto you and your seed I will give all these countries. Mm -hmm. Everybody say countries. And I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give unto your seed all these countries. Mm. Countries. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and commandments and statutes. So, the land 
is a gift of God when he speaks. It's a gift from his word. Okay? He gives us land under divine direction. It's specific. Notice, God told Isaac, sojourn in this land. Let me say this land. It was specific. Right? He was already there. He was already in that location, and God says, dwell in this land. See, there was a famine that occurred. And Isaac was tempted to move away to another location, because that's what his father did in the famine. Abraham moved to Egypt in a famine. And so Isaac was going to leave and go to Egypt, but the Lord interrupted his plan. And the Lord gave him an opportunity. Stay in this land. The land that I tell you of. Okay? Specific. And when you get to the land that God wants you to have, you need to occupy and dwell in it. Okay? Alright. And then God said, dwell in this land, I will be with you. Part of the blessing is His presence. He said, do what I say, and I will be with you. Oh, my goodness. How many want God with them? Just get on God's side. Amen? Just put your things down and pick up God's things. Just listen to God. Just do what He says, and He and His presence will be there. My goodness. Then He said... For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands. It's a generational gift. It's to you and your descendants. You thought it was just about you. You selfish little thing. Say, it's not just about me. But it's about those coming up behind me. The things that you do for God will positively affect your generation. Okay? Look at it. I grew up in a family that went to church, but we didn't know God. Then out of my family, my sister got born again. And out of her experience with God, she led me to the Lord. And in one generation... A family that didn't know God, now we have a family that knows God, and my kids came to know God before I did in age. They, they came, my sons came to know God at a younger age than I did. Why? Because what I did affected my generation. Yeah. Amen? Your kids, your grandkids, your relatives. How about your spiritual relatives? Well, I don't have any kids. No, but you can have some spiritual relatives. What did Paul call Timothy? Was he his physical son? No, Timothy had a father. What kind of son was he? It was his spiritual son. He got born again under Paul's ministry. And he traveled with Paul. He was a spiritual son. But a spiritual son is just the same as a natural son. It's just a different blood. It's not the natural blood, it's, it's Jesus' blood that connects us together. And blood is thicker than water. Doesn't matter who blood you're talking about. Jesus' blood is thick. 
Okay? So then he said, he said in verse, the end of verse 3, I will perform the oath. Possession of land is transferred by covenant. It's God's oath. It's what he swore. It's his promise. How many are standing on the promises? Did you know that God does things according to his promises? Mm, all of his promises are what? Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Anything that God promised, if you ask him, I have it. His answer is always yes. His answer is always yes. His answer is always amen. Yes, so be it. Can I have it? If he promised it, the answer is yes. Every promise is yes. Before you even ask, it's yes. Oh my goodness. Okay? But, now, how did this come about? It's based on obedience to his voice and keeping his charge. Okay? Let me give you some qualities of two types of hearers. Okay? I'm going to, maybe I'll get into these more next week. Alright? For the negative hearer, okay, these are qualities of a negative hearer. James 1.25, they're forgetful. Matthew 13.15, they're dull and hard of hearing. Matthew 13.19, they don't understand what they heard. Matthew 13, 21, they heard, but they have no root, so they don't last. There's a lot of people that I've encountered in 18 years that don't have any roots, because they've been uprooted, not by anything, but by their choice. Another one, Matthew 13, 21, they're distracted, they're choking, and they're deceived hearers. You're distracted by other things. The world has a greater pull on you than the kingdom of God. You're distracted. You're choking and you're deceived. And then Matthew 7.26, disobedience. You hear it, but you don't do it. Okay? Now here's some positive ears. Say, that's me. Okay? I'm talking about you now. A positive hearer. Okay? Acts 2.41, they gladly receive it. How many get excited about the Word? Yeah. You've got to gladly receive it. Okay? Alright? Acts 4.4, you believe what you heard. You actually believe it. We talked, we sang about it tonight. I believe. <laughs> That was my best impression. <laughs> you actually believe what you hear. Do you know that not everybody does? Some people hear the word of God and they say, well, I don't believe that. Well, God said it. Why don't you believe it? Okay. Acts 8.8 When they hear, it results in joy. 
Hearing God ought to put a smile on your face. Because something on the inside ought to communicate to your face, this is really good. <laughs> Acts 10.33, this is positive here. They hear with expectancy. They're, they're, they're at the edge of their seat. They're ready to go with it, whatever they hear. All right? Acts 13.42, they hear with earnest and intense desire. They hear with earnest and intense desire. Acts 13.48, they give, they glorify and honor the word. You know what? What does that mean? When you hear the word, you go, whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. What am I doing? I'm glorifying the word. Acts 16, 14, they hear with an open heart. It talks about Lydia. The, Lord, the Bible says the Lord opened her heart to hear. Are you hearing with an open heart? Even if it means a correction. Acts 17, 11, they hear with readiness and diligence. Okay? At uh, 1 Corinthians 15.1 They hear with a willingness to adhere to it and stand by it. In other words, they hear with commitment. I'm going to commit myself to do that. Hebrews 2.1 They give an earnest heed to what they hear. That means that's means you play really close attention. And then finally, James 1.21. They hear with a willingness to remove the junk and with a humble, teachable attitude. They don't hear like they know it. Okay? Alright, one more scripture that we have to go to and then I'm going to close for tonight. This one is really going to propel you. Now, this might generate some excitement. Okay? But excitement is okay. Alright? Genesis chapter 50. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Woo! Man. The Lord is about to break out the bubble. <laughs> New wine, of course. The white dove label. <laughs> Woo! Genesis <laughs> chapter 50, verses 24 to 26. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Listen to this. God visits you. Amen? Amen? He has scheduled an appointment for you to get an upgrade. Tonight, you didn't know, you thought you were coming to Wednesday night, right? No, you're coming for an appointment for an upgrade. Amen. 
Tonight, God has scheduled you for an upgrade. A new way to expand and another location to fill up. And God will bring you out of one place into what He promised you. Amen? Now get this. You've got to pick up what your relatives left behind. Even Joseph's bones got to go to a new location. They were carried there. He didn't have to walk. They were carried there. Come on, you dry bones. He didn't leave his bones in Egypt. Now here's where it's going to get good. Got your seatbelts on? Remember what I said. God brings you out of one place into what he's promised. Okay, are you ready? Alright. He brings you out of poverty and into prosperity. He brings you out of sickness and into health. That's a new location, right? I'm I'm moving from Bellyache and Avenue to Healed Road. Amen? He moves you out of lack into plenty. He moves you out of wandering and into purpose. Oh my goodness. He moves you out of hate and into love. He moves you out of darkness and into light. He moves you out of wrong and into right. He moves you out of no power into exceeding great power. Oh my goodness. We need an organ in this place. (laughs) He moves you out of defeat and into victory. And if he's got to carry your bones, we're going to drag your bones to victory. We're going to drag your bones to healing. We're going to drag your bones to plenty. We're going to drag your bones to more than enough. He brings you out of being lost to being found. He brings you out of emptiness to overflowing fullness. Oh my goodness. You were an empty pot, but when you met Jesus, now you're an overflowing fountain. I told you. He brought you out of rejection into acceptance. He brought you, he brought you out of broken to being fixed. He brought you out of bondage into freedom. He brought you out of abuse into complete relief. Oh my goodness. He brought you out of the devil's hand and plan into God's hands and his divine plan. He brought you out of blindness into sight. And my last one, he brought you out of lameness into movement. People who were lame couldn't move their legs. Jesus brought them out of lameness and then they leaped and jumped into the church. They leaped and jumped following Jesus. They picked up their mat and went. They went from laying down to walking around. Hallelujah. They went from hanging out in the grave to uh, dancing on the grave. Hallelujah. They went from the pit to the palace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He made some movement. He's given you land. You've got to occupy your 
given it to you. Your bones aren't even going to stay sad. Your bones aren't going to stay sick. Your bones aren't going to be lost. He brought your bones out. He gave you a new mind. He gave you a new focus. He gave you a new reason for living. He gave you an opportunity. He brought you out from a door closed to a door being opened. And he didn't bring, he brought you out with stuff. Amen. He brought, he brought Israel out with stuff. They plundered the Egyptians in one day, in one moment. All they did was ask. And the Egyptians were like, yeah, take it, take it, take it, take the gold, take my clothes. The Egyptians gave them the shirt off their back. The Bible said that Israel plundered Egypt in one day. Four hundred and thirty years of back wages was paid in full in one day. Four hundred and thirty years of suffering. Four hundred and thirty years of torment. Four hundred and thirty years of oppression was released in one day. God brought him out. God brought you out. And he's taking you out. He's taking you into something better. He's taking you into something more glorious. He's taking you into something more wonderful. I'm shucking some corn and peeling the potatoes right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, we need to get excited. This is for us, the body of Christ. This is for now. This is a prophetic word for us today. Go in and take your land. Go in and take it. Go in and take it. It's already yours. What, what else does God have to do? It's your turn. The ball is in your court. Get up and get a hold of it. Take possession of it. Make it your own. Take ownership of it. Jesus has paid your mortgage in full. And he has handed you the deed of ownership of all that he says, all that he promised. Everything is in his covenant. Everything is in his word. I remember at this church, we came here in 2002. This church owed $94,000. I didn't even have the fun of taking out the money to do whatever they did. No, I think they did the parking lot. They paved the parking lot. I was, we were newcomers. And from 2002... To 2011, nine years, we paid it off in full. We have the deed of the building and the property, amen. amen. We don't know anything on it, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I remember, I, I, I know who made the last payment. They gave the last payment that we owed as an offering. And I remember we had a mortgage burning ceremony. We burnt that debt. Jesus burnt your debt. Amen. The, the devil can't make a, he, he, you. Just, oh my! You don't owe the devil anything. He can't collect. He's not a debt collector because you have no debt. Your debt's been paid in full by Jesus Christ and His blood of His righteousness. Hallelujah! It's time to take our land. It's time to occupy. It's time to go in and possess. It's time. 
Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Get ready to move into prosperity place. Get ready to live on saved land. Get ready to own Prosperity Avenue. You've moved from barely get along streets. It was right next to Grumble Valley. Amen? And you don't even miss that place. Because the place that you got is far better, far greater, more wonderful. Amen? Hallelujah. So we got to get ready. we got to get ready to possess. Amen? If, if you're a taker, I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I want you to think of the things that you need, want, and desire. Well, I only know that God meets my... No, He's a good shepherd you shall not want. You think God has never spoken what you want? It's about time you tell Him what you want in order to get it. Think about it. God knows what you need, but He said, if you don't tell me, I'm not just going to go ahead and meet that need. You've got to ask me. Why? Asking shows faith. Asking demonstrates trust. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. Oftentimes, Fiona will tell me, I thought of this and it shows up. And I'm, I'm thinking about my money, think of a billion. Think of a billion, amen? True, God, she thinks of it and it shows up. He's able to do a thing about it, all you can ask for, but think. I have been guilty of thinking too small. And if you want to expand your territory, you've got to expand your thoughts. Get a picture of what God said in our minds. When he talked about that land, I mean, it was a, he's like, I'm going to take care of that land. God watches over your land. He marks your land. And if the, the devil tries to come over, he says, I'm sorry, that's my kid. Get off. We, we've got to take Whatever it is, healing, prosperity, peace, promotion. Yeah, your land is like the everything pizza. It's all on it. Say, in the name of Jesus, I have come here tonight.